You are listening to Present Truth Ministries Radio, telling the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Welcome to PTM Radio. This is Jason DeMars, your host. This is a ministry of Present Truth Ministries. You can find us on the web at ptmradio.com. I'm really excited about the next three series that we're going to have. We have Brother Matthew Riddell from Bible Way in uh, BC, Canada. We're really glad to have him on, and he does a lot of outreach there, local missions there. And I, I believe this is something that's critically important, and I, I, it's a challenge to me and to all of us that are listening. So, Brother Matthew, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll go into a few questions and get into some more details about, about what you're doing there. Wonderful. God bless you, Brother Jason. We certainly appreciate this opportunity. Uh, it's, a, it's a passion and a burden that is almost hard to describe that we have for the local missions, outreach, and witnessing. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we've been attending Brother Biscoe's uh, assemblies uh, almost 30 years now. And just, I'd say a lot of what we are doing today is a direct result of the burden and the passion and the consistency and the vision of our pastor to get this word and this message out at any cost, at any effort, whatever it takes. And it's been a great influence in my life seeing that the many souls affected and won over the years as a result of, of doing everything, anything possible to get this precious word and the message that the messenger brought to us. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. And I, I want to emphasize on that consistency. You just said it. Almost anything in our life, that's consistency. Uh, the Bible goes into it over and over again about not quitting. He that endures to the end will be saved. You don't quit. Don't give up. Uh, you might stumble and fall a thousand times, uh, but the Bible says a righteous man will continue to rise up and to move forward. So, it's a learning process, outreach and missions. When I started in the Middle East, frankly, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just following the leadership of God. And you'll probably feel that way as well when you start doing outreach, when you start witnessing to people. So, Brother Matthew, thank you so much. And tell me how you got started with this ministry of doing local outreach. Hey, man, that's uh, what you just said. I, I certainly want to from that that's uh, this will never work if it's a flash in the, the pan mm-hmm. experience so to speak you know when you when God puts a burden or desire in somebody's heart uh, I don't believe it's just to to a short term you know he that endureth as you just said until the end it and the way we got started and I always say we because yes the Lord has has given me the burden and as brother Biscoe shared with me and many, many conversations we've had over the years, you know, God places the burden and, and an assembly where we may be from, no matter how small the, the church may be or how large the church may be, leaders must arise, you know, mm-hmm. one of the, of the burden and a desire to do this. And when the leader is, 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 is chosen by God and by His grace, others will follow. There's, I would say in every church, and I've seen this wherever we travel, there's just many, many of the congregation that are just 
longing and desiring to do something for the Lord, even in that way. Mm-hmm. But someone must rise in the local congregation and be a leader, and, and and they see that, they recognize that, and they follow that. And that's really how it started uh, ever since I've been a young man, probably 16 years old, going to my early days in the message. I've been born and raised in the message by the grace of God, and Brother Harold Hiller used to be my pastor mm-hmm. until about 19 years old. And even there, Brother Harold, if anybody you know, Brother Harold Hildebrandt, he has expended and spent most of his life traveling overseas and mm-hmm. doing what he can to, to spread this precious message, especially in the African nations. And and as a young man, I remember going to little communities and little meetings, pointing entry prophet, deep call us to the deep. And those moments you never forget when, when you see older brothers and sisters reaching out Mm-hmm. You know, sitting in the basements of homes and, and uh, having witnesses and things like that. So as a young man, the desire was sparked. And really for me, it started when I moved out here uh, in 1988. Okay. 19-year-old 19, 19 young man. And uh, and I was at a, uh, actually one of our big, big fairs here. It's called the, the P&E, and it's, it's, a, it's a big one here in Vancouver. Okay. And try to make the story very short. I was always interested in, and even at a young age, sharing the truth. I was in this fair, and I saw this gospel tent, and went in there to do what we could to see if we could spread the truth, and I uh, ended up getting a young man that was just pulling like I had probably never experienced at that point in my life, and we were exchanging numbers, and everything he had a- asked, I was able to answer. Okay. And the background uh, came this older, older man, and he came up to me because as soon as he seen us exchanging numbers, I think he got concerned for obviously one of his people, mm-hmm. and it would be a brother Disco or somebody senior, brother Pruitt or brother Spencer, or somebody coming up and trying to help out one of us. And uh, as brother Brandon talked about some of these religious spirits, he tied me up and not so fast I couldn't even hardly even respond mm. and long story short again i walked out of that tent totally defeated totally deflated and i i was literally heartbroken that i had disappointed the lord i couldn't remember the scriptures i couldn't give so many answers and that leads into the scripture that i wanted to read that's been very near and dear to me in first peter chapter 3 verse 15 and it says but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Mm-hmm. And I made a vow that day that I, by the grace of God that I would never let him down again. And it just seemed over time it just evolved and uh, we started doing various outreaches and things like that. But that's really where it was formed. And as we go okay. further along, we'll get more detail. Absolutely wonderful. So, and even in those times where where we fail, it it actually is is God's grace to us because it's it's an experience where we we go and we dig deeper. It's God's mercy, frankly, to other people because He's preparing us for something. Because uh, we're not going to quit, we're not going to give up, we're going to keep pressing forward, and you know what, there's other people that can help. We can even give that answer. You know, I can't answer you right now, but how about we set up a meeting? How about we meet with my pastor and discuss these things, if you feel led to do that? Uh, and that you can learn from that as well. 
So um, I love that. And, and the scripture, always be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within you. Uh, so there, there's a lot that goes into that, Brother Matthew. Uh, that's not just a, a light thing. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, what, do, what should believers do to be ready to give an answer? Yes, I think that's, uh, you know, just one little thing I'll add to, you know, wherever you are, wherever you're based out of, mm-hmm. you know, the pastor must support it. I've seen it too often. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so disappointing where you have ones in the congregation that are very, very burdened and desiring to do something, but the pastor doesn't have that vision, which he should, you mm-hmm. know, so how do we get started? It gets really from a desire and burden, but also get started because the pastor supports it, then the trustees will support it, the, the funds and the financing or whatever will come through to be able to get going. Going back to your question, can you repeat that again for me? Absolutely. So the scripture said that there's a reason where we should always be ready uh, to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. So it's not a it's not a small thing. It's not just a something that happens by happenstance, but there's a background work that goes into being able to give a reason. So talk to me, how do believers prepare themselves to give an answer for this hope that we have? Absolutely. Um, that is, I will bring a testimony that happened one time in one of our races in the downtown core of a major city, and a young sister, I say young, she's probably 18, 20 years old, uh, approached me, and she was dejected, discouraged, like you wouldn't leave. Mm because she had passed out the messenger track that Voice of God had put together for years that had the picture of Brother Branham on it. And uh, he, she was asked, well, who is that? And she said, well, this is God's final prophet to this age. And he said, really? Well, show me where that is in the Bible. And mm-hmm. she froze. She froze, and she came to me, and I tried to encourage her. And uh, in that, I said, well, sister, if you had just flipped over the track, and on the back were the very answers and the scriptures stated Mm -hmm. to help her. And that was a real lesson for me, giving the reason of the hope that lies within anybody that's uh, sharing this, is you need to know what you're handing out, you need to know what's in it. You know, it's one thing just to hand out a track and say, well, this is great, or whatever it's about, but have you even read it? You know, and that's been Mm -hmm. an unbelievable thing I've seen time and time again. So. There's a lot of preparation in, in regards to none of us claim, or at least shouldn't claim, that we know every answer in, in the message or the Bible, but yes. I believe that any time we, we fulfill this great commission that the Bible speaks about, that we should apply ourselves to getting into the Word and knowing a lot of these key doctrinal aspects of whether it be baptism or Godhead or servant seed or just ABCs of Christian living and be able to have scriptures and things handy so that you can give that answer for why women shouldn't wear pants or how so many people in the world can believe so wrong of a baptism or things like that. So I think one of the key aspects to this is, of course, by God's grace in giving us a true revelation of what this message is and who it is who mm-hmm. sent it. and when that is in place when god truly has by his base anchored that in our hearts and we know that we know that we know this is the one the only 100 percent truth is on the face of this earth mm-hmm. 
when you get on the streets or whatever form of outreach you do and you go into a fair or we've done so many different things which we'll get into later but um, when you know that you know that you know that this is the truth and God has anchored that revelation I would say that's the key aspect of being able to be a true witness because when you know and it's real to you and you love just hearing that voice you love getting in the word you love getting in the message it's just something you love to share and it just flows out of you yeah amen that's exactly right so we just have a few minutes left here in part one i want you to cover uh, briefly why is it important for every believer to be a local missionary amen well first of all we're commissioned to you know, or go ye into all the world and that doesn't mean just to go overseas God Mm-hmm. God bless all that do overseas. We must, but there's a lot of missionary work we need to do in the backyard. And so, I believe first of all, it's a commission in the Bible, and I believe it's the responsibility of a believer. You know, somebody, somewhere, somehow, gave me, you, our parents, other believers in our church a tract or some type of a link in this day and age, or however God chose. But we. We must, you know, if we believe we have the truth, and we do, why wouldn't we want to share it? Why would we want to hold it to ourselves? Why would we want to go through life having the most precious thing that has ever come to this earth or ever will come to this earth? And in the midst of over 7 billion people on the face of this earth, almost all of them are living in confusion, being misled, sincere, you know, searching serving the gods or gods that they best understand. Here we have the truth, and why wouldn't we share it? Absolutely. Brother Branham talks about one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit being uh, having a burden for lost souls, and he gets that from Ezekiel, where the people were sighing and crying for the abominations that were done in the city. So it's like this sighing and crying, out of that is birthed a burden for lost souls, and out of that burden for lost souls that's put into action. There's prayers involved. There, there's, there's sighing and crying involved. But then there's action that's involved. A real sighing and crying, a real burden is vindicated and manifested by action, by, by evangelizing, by reaching out to people that are uh, committing the abominations in, in the earth. I think one thing I'll add to that is to, why is it important I'll tell you what, in this day and age, it's the message or the second coming of the Lord has tarried, and it won't be a day longer or a longer than the Lord has planned. But in that tarrying, and as God's plan unfolds and, and everything he has in store for when and how it will all take place, in the meantime, we have churches that, in a lot of cases, are full of believers that are becoming complacent. They... They have had the message for years. They have a wonderful pastor. They have wonderful ministry. They're just solid and, and good believing believers. Mm-hmm. But they write their checks, so to speak. Uh, they give their tithes. They they support the work of God overseas, which they should and will continue to do. But what are they doing in their own backyard? You know what? And the thing that's so important about this is what it does to yourself when all of a sudden you start sharing the truth. Mm-hmm. And you start getting back into really how God brought you out of something or me. It just it just revives you, renews your first love. And mm-hmm. that's one part that we think time and time again when you start to share this and you start to 
get out in your own neighborhoods and wherever God leads you, what it does for you every time you get on the streets or you do an outreach or you witness to somebody, it just gives you such a greater appreciation for his grace coming by your way or my way with the truth when there's so many that do not have it. That's exactly right. So thank you so much for being on with us, Brother Matthew. If anyone has any questions, they can reach out to, to Brother Matthew through email, localoutreach at bibleway.org, and they're working on putting together uh, a website to go over uh, many different subjects, things like how do you present the Godhead and, and the nuts and bolts of witnessing, which I'm really looking forward to that being out. It's not out yet. Uh, we'll have a link to a few videos on the website there connected to this uh, episode of PTM Radio. Thank you so much for listening in, everyone. Next time when we come back, we'll have Brother Matthew Riddell, and we'll talk about some of the things that people fear in witnessing, how to overcome them, uh, the nuts and bolts of witnessing, uh, how do you witness, do you preach on the streets, how do you set up an event, and, and we'll go on and cover those things. So once again, thank you so much. If you have questions or comments or you have any feedback please call us at the radio station here at 612-293-6846 or email us at info at ptmradio.com. May God richly bless you. Livinggod.com is a wonderful website that's run by several pastors, two of them being Brother Tim Pruitt from Louisiana and Brother Jason Watkins from South Carolina. The purpose of the site, alivinggod.com, is to demonstrate to you that Jesus Christ is still the same today as he was in the days of the apostles. They have some marvelous testimonies, one from Brother Dwayne Lawson about the supernatural that took place on his missions trip to India. They also have the testimony of Brother Craig Boer, who was mightily delivered by the power of Jesus Christ. Alivinggod.com also has doctrinal videos bearing record of the vindicated teachings that God delivered to us through the message of Brother William Branham. I highly recommend alivinggod.com. Use it for edification for yourself and also use it as an outreach tool. That's alivinggod.com, proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Thank you for listening to PTM Radio. In this segment, we want to talk about family worship. We've talked about this in the past, and I want to continue on with speaking about this. First scripture I want to read is from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It is our responsibility as fathers to do this. It's not our responsibility to have someone else do it. It's not our responsibility to merely bring them to Sunday school. It's not our responsibility to give up our responsibility and put it on our wives. It's our responsibility to lead our children to the Lord and to bring them up in this way. Bring them up speaks of rearing them, feeding, watering, and training them. That's our duty as fathers, not for us to give to someone else, but it's what we must do. Adam Clark in his commentary on this verse says uh, about bringing them up or in the nurture. So nurture uh, literally means to nourish them in the discipline 
and instruction of the Lord. The mind is to be nourished with wholesome discipline and instruction as the body is with proper food. And it speaks of education or training. Nurture speaks of education or training and by implication, correction. So we teach them and we train them. And if they do not follow what we teach them and train them, we bring correction. And that correction comes out of love, not out of anger, not out of frustration, but love. So first we teach them. We don't correct them when they do something wrong without them knowing what they're doing wrong, but we teach them, we train them, and then if they don't follow what's being taught and trained, we bring correction, whether that be consequences or whether that be a spanking, uh, whether that whatever that might be, whatever form that you feel the leading to have that take, we bring that correction on that. Sometimes it's just with words. We bring a warning. According to Scripture, if we behave this way, this is what God will bring. So it's it's a warning, it's 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 a teaching, it's a correcting, it's a nurturing. It's repeating and making sure they understand what's being said. It's not just saying it and saying you have to understand it. It's step by step, building, building, little by little, building up their faith, building up their understanding, answering their questions, teaching them with patience and love. The word admonition there where it says bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Admonition speaks of calling attention to mild rebuke or warning. So we're to to bring them up, to rear them up. So feeding, watering, training. We're to rear them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Admonition speaks of bringing it to their attention, helping them understand bringing a mild, gentle rebuke, a mild, gentle warning. Discipline, Adam Clark says, may refer to all that knowledge which is proper for children, including elementary principles and rules for behavior. Instruction may imply whatever is necessary to form the mind, to touch, regulate, and purify the passions, and necessarily includes the whole of faith. This is important, very important, that it's our duty and job to form the mind. Now, as a leader, it doesn't mean we have to do every part of it, but we need to set the tone, in a sense, like a principle for a school. This is the courses that we're going to take. This is what's going to happen. And then we follow up with our teacher. That would be our wife in this situation. We're the principal. We're setting things in order. We're ensuring that what things are being taught, and then we're involved directly in that. Sometimes we come to the classroom, and we're we're teaching. We we have the we lead our family worship like we talked about before, daily having worship together as a family, answering questions and teaching our children in the way that they should go. I want to bring a couple quotes. Brother Branham says, "In everything, when I'm home, everything's cleaned out. I take my little girls and give them a Bible study." Put them in the car so nobody interrupts me and ride around, wife and baby. And I give them questions like, who was Elijah? Who was he? And right quick, them little old six-year-old and eight-year-old girl would say, Tishbite, see, right quick. And I'd say, how do you know that, that he was, uh, how could you meet him today? How he, what kind of man was he? Oh, he was a hairy man and had leather around his loins. Little Rebecca or Sarah, one will holler out, see. Just keep drilling that into their minds, drilling it constantly. That's what you do to your children. Mother, 
quit running around over the city and gadding about. Give your children Bible lectures and things. That's what the thing to do. So it's not just merely giving them a lecture, but it's bringing them the Bible, teaching them, bringing them a study, and then asking them questions. So after we teach it, say, who was this? Who was that? Who was uh, Jesus? What did he do for us? What is sin? What is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why do we need to be born again? Ask them these questions. If they can't answer, then you should be prepared to answer. Take, go to the table. Search it. Read the quotes of Brother Branham. Uh, read the Bible verses that pertain to it. Teach them. Train them. Raise them up. It's, this is our duty as parents. In the sermon, A Prophet Like Unto Moses, Brother Branham says, I think one of the great things among Christians today, we, they don't read the Word enough. I think every home should have the Bible read in it two or three times a day. Amen. So that's our duty as Christians. Read the Bible. Teach our families. Raise them up. Train them. Correct them in the Word. Not just using the Bible as a secondary thing, but the Bible is uh, profitable for everything in our lives. And it gives us direction and wisdom and comfort for everything. Show them by your own life and what you're going through how you use the Bible for comfort, for wisdom, for direction, for correction. Use it on yourself and use it for them. Model that to them. You know, we've had generations of Christians that have put their religion to the side, their faith to the side. And they don't live it before their children. They don't make themselves vulnerable before their children. We need to do that because we need to model what it means to lead and to teach and to guide. Brother Branham says, let this be our commitment, my commitment and your commitment. Let me from this hour on be thine, more consecrated servant, a better servant, more blessed of you, more able, more humbler, more kinder, more willing to work, more looking to the things that are positive and forgetting the things that are in the past and the negatives. Let me press toward the mark of the high calling of Christ. Amen. That's from recognizing your day and its message in 1964. By God's grace, he is teaching us and training us. And by God's grace, we will teach and train our families. As men, we need to step up and set the tone and set the, the order in our home with love, with tenderness, with care, with a tenderness to the Lord. But we need to set that tone and we need to lead our families. That's God's calling to us. Thank you for listening to PTM Radio. May the Lord bless you.